Welcome back, everyone, to the second edition of Traffic Talks with Thermson. I'm really glad that everyone enjoyed the podcast. I thought I got pretty good reviews from you all. So uh, it really helps with the trip. Coming back home, I get really bored on these drives. So to have this to fill in my void of my 35-minute commute back home is super nice. I need to talk to you guys about the week five breakdown. So that was what was voted. I appreciate the nine votes that I received. It might have been more, but at the time I looked, it was nine votes. And it was pretty clear that everyone wanted a week five breakdown from me. And what I'm going to do is kind of kind of highlight each matchup, go over how I saw the matchup going, where I see each team moving forward. Do I see highs, lows? Do I see some trends going on that could potentially affect each team uh, moving forward? So I personally want to skip my game. However, I'm a man of the people. I will talk about our game between me and Logan. But it'll be at the end of the podcast because I need to go on a little bit of a rant. So excuse my rambling, but there will be a rant at the end that I'm sure you don't want to miss. So let's start with the first game that comes off to my head, right? Because I'm driving. I'm not looking at my phone. I briefly glance, you know, throughout the the week. So I'm going to do my best to cover these as best as I can while also keeping my eyes on the road. The first matchup that comes to my brain, I'm just thinking first matchup that comes to my brain is the Springboro Stockcasters losing to the Cincinnati Cobra Kai. Cincinnati Cobra Kai go to two and three. The Springboro Stockcasters go to three and two. This would be, or maybe two and three. I can't recall. Either way, there's a lot of losses for Michael's team at this point in the season. Last year, he went 10 and four. The previous season, he, I believe, was much was pretty good as well, but not as good as that 10-4 and four season last year. And then obviously we have our reigning champion starting one and three where it was getting a little bit nervous, um, especially with the performances that he had been receiving and the fact that he was our champion and kind of went even keel going into the draft and through the offseason, not making any adjustments. Um, but this was the week for him. The highest scoring team in the league, I believe, uh, over 170 points. Just huge games from ETN. Um, A.J. Brown continues to dominate ever since that Commanders game that really got him fired up. And Adam fucking Thielen. This guy is the bane of my existence alongside um, any running back ahead of DeAndre Swift. But Adam Thielen is wide receiver 8, I believe, or maybe even a wide receiver 10. I can't recall. Either way. A great wide receiver to have as a flex spot. Um, you see Dalton Kincaid starting to get a little bit more into this offense. Uh, you have Waddle, who finally got an end zone, still concerning that we're only getting 35 yards in a game against the Giants, while Tyreek Hill has over 180. And I'll talk about that. You know I will. So this team's just kind of doing well. I think Jared Goff, I mean, what an acquisition to get Jared Goff last year from, at that time, the Cincinnati Swolstice. Number one, he won the championship, and two, a dirty bomb, and he's one of the better quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective in the league right now. So a great acquisition to get him plus picks, one of his win trades last year. In regards to Michael's team, there's a clear issue. There's a clear issue with his roster. Now, he's always had an issue with tight end, and that really hasn't been that big of a problem for him. He did bench Zach Ertz, and I'm assuming that's because the, the Cardinals played the Bengals. But without that touchdown – 
I mean, Zach Ertz had two catches for 10 yards, so very touchdown dependent. And then you have Hayden Hurst, who really isn't a fantasy viable option. But what's concerning about Michael's team right now is the lack of running back production because the drop-off of Dalvin Cook and what was talked about at the preseason, talked about maybe last week, is his depth is just not there anymore, especially at the running back spot. So he's not getting that running back output that he's gotten in years past, and his receivers are getting years older. You're starting to see some issues. Now, Michael, Michael's doing just fine. And I do believe he's two and three because his two wins are against Gruber and against Tommy. But he is putting up a lot of points. He's just getting some shit matchups. I still – I'm not worried about Michael's team at all. But for Michael to have three losses at this point in the season is – just not the stock caster way. So I'm curious how he turns it around. He still has to play Ben twice. He still plays Matt twice. And uh, he still plays Brett one more time. So I think he will be back in the, in the swing of things. Right now, Michael at two and three is kind of surprising. Uh, next game, let's talk about America's game. The Minotaurs and the Anal Beats. And this is Eric's coming out game. I think this was Eric's young players really come to shine. I think HN has been just a stellar draft pick for him. Unfortunately, it looks like he's going to be week to week with some injuries, with a knee injury specifically. But the boom of HN, the consistency of Brian Robinson, the boom of George Pickens in the fourth quarter of that game, as well as uh, Drake London getting more involved in the offense, and Sam Laporta being a top five dynasty tight end with. Tons of depth. Now we're still starting Sky Moore. It's another issue that we can talk about. But the this game right here is a key win for this team. I know he wants Marvin Harrison Jr. He's not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. And he can focus now on trying to win the damn thing. I think this team has the potential. I've been calling it out since the preseason. But I've always been the biggest fanboy of Eric Lagasse run football teams. He's yet to win a championship, but the rebuild is looking to be a successful rebuild, and you can see the immense talent in, in his starting lineup. You can see it in his bench, and you can also see it in his assets. He's got several or a couple first-round picks next season that he can attack any slight need that he may have. And so 2024, he's going to be guns blazing and probably a top-three team uh, going into the regular season. And Gruber, you can't – Gruber will not be pushed around this year. I think after, you know, he's won two games, and then this game could have been one he easily should have walked away with. Uh, but the George Pickens touchdown, especially at the end of the game, I mean, we're talking a 40-plus point bonus. We're talking over 100 yards. We're talking a touchdown. I mean, that's, that's a significant amount of points. That ultimately looks like it could have been um, the deciding factor on top of the fact that Tyler Boyd's touchdown got pulled back on a questionable tacky call. I just think that we went into the season saying, hey, the anal beads, like that's an easy win on the schedule. You see the anal beads, you think W. But now he's put up some big performances and some tough games that I don't really see a team at this moment in time that is a pushover. Even the 0-5 Maulers, which I had discussions with the owner, is Maulers for the time being, not milkshakes to go, unfortunately. So we're going to go back with the Maulers. I think every single week is going to be a tough matchup. 
you can't go into a week and say, I'm going to easily win this one. There's just no teams that are going to be pushovers. And that's great because it still, it creates a great biodiversity of our league that I enjoy. Um, so Gruber obviously dropping to two and three, uh, ninth in our rankings. And then the Minotaurs are now up to two and three. And there are, I don't know how many, I believe there's five or six, two and three teams. So very much in the thick of things of the playoffs. Uh, the next matchup I'm thinking of is about the brothers. So you have Matt defeating Ben. Uh, so the Hong horses get their first win as the Hong horses against the Maulers in a pretty tight game overall. It really looked like Ben was going to walk away with this one, but the stack of George Kittle and Purdy linking up for three touchdowns and Purdy getting four touchdowns total just put Matt over the edge. Um, really sad given the fact that 60 points came from one player in Jamar Chase, really having that Jamar Chase-style game that we wanted to see. He hadn't been in the end zone, so it's good to see him in the end zone not once, not twice, but three times. 7-11 always open, but Ben Williams, once again, winless. And with Matt, you know, Matt goes to two and three. I still think there's question marks with that team overall. Um, I think with Tony Pollard, I just saw a stat that Tony Pollard has the lowest uh, missed tackle rate. So he's really being wrapped up and taken down very easily this year. Kind of surprising from Tony Pollard. And it really looks like rushing attack of the Houston Texans is just going to be as is. So what he gets out of Damian Pierce is what he's going to get. I think, though, with Kittle, if Kittle can stay that consistent, which he hasn't been, I mean, all of his catches were touchdowns. Um, Tom, I mean, Matt, like I said last week, he's got it on paper. The team is good on paper. Can he translate it week in and week out? We'll see. If he's a buyer, is he a seller? Is he going to stay pat? I'm not sure. Um, someone I've been considering trading with, but at the same time, we're kind of both in uneasy waters, and I'm I'm interested to see where Matt team, Matt's team goes. All right, next team, next matchup, Burrow Show Pigs and the Frankfurt Folk. I mean, this matchup was going to be this spectacular matchup. You have my matchup and Logan's matchup as two undefeated teams, but like I mentioned last week, I'm a fraudulent 4-0 team, and it showed. It showed this week. However, the Folk and the Show Pigs, that matchup right there were two – championship contender rosters and it almost was like the wind was taken out of the folk sales on thursday with that dj Moore performance especially at the end i mean that pass to dj Moore for his third touchdown which was i believe a 40 plus yard touchdown was so close to being intercepted or incomplete instead it goes into the hands of dj Moore and he takes it to the house it just and then eric had a few players on bye week. It was just a bad thing for him. He had Godwin and Keenan Allen on bye, which required him to start Devin Singletary. And Devin Singletary had zero carries and zero catches on two targets. So a whopping zero in that lineup was just not good. He didn't also have Amon Ross St. Brown. So that's three of his best receivers not playing. So when you see the output, you're like, well, you know, 115 points, that's not a Frankfurt folk performance. You can kind of, you know, piece the pieces together. I think Jake's gotten actually, even though he's had some bad roster luck, 
I think he's gotten some great schedule luck. So karma kind of works out that way where he was having bad karma on the rosters, roster side of things, but the schedule, he's really gotten some teams when they're at their weakest. So the show picks now go to four and one and join the Lebanon Locos as the only four and one teams in the league. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, the Frankfurt folk also are in that group as well. So that's why I have the show picks though at two, they got JT back and it looks like they're going to work them in slowly. And then cup comes back guns blazing and puts up an elite wide receiver one performance right off the bat. I think Kelsey's going to be okay. He practiced today. He does play Thursday, but from a tight end perspective, I just don't see Kelsey missing this game. So he's still going to have Kelsey, but if he doesn't, I mean, I don't know who's tipping Jake on roster decisions in terms of how to address in the waiver wire. But you have James Conner, who goes down to injury. So me watching the game, needing some running back help, I'm like, oh, I'll just look at it for his backup. Well, his backup's not on waivers. It's on Jake's practice squad, who was Puka Nakua was also on Jake's practice squad. He's got Jaleel McLaughlin. And he's gotten all these players off the, that are like, hey, these are fancy relevant players now that should be on waivers. And you look and they're not on waivers. Jake picked them up a week early. So I don't know who Jake's talking to. Um, I don't know if it's someone at work because Logan's definitely not getting the information. So it's not someone in the family. I don't know. But Jake keeps winning with roster decisions week in and week out. And now he's four and one. And he's one of the hottest teams in the league. And I'm excited for him to face off against Logan. He still has to face off against Logan twice, including once on Thanksgiving. And that Thanksgiving game can easily determine who gets the number one seed going into the playoffs. So something to look forward to on the schedule. If you're looking for, you know, those key matchups, that's one to, to lock into right there. The next game was, um, it was a good game. It was between the Cincy No Fines and in the Lake Norman nobodies. And I want to go on two rants. Obviously, I want to go on my rant with my team, which you guys knew about. Can we talk about the no fines a little bit? Um, I know Dave well, or I believe I do. And he can do so much better with a team name. I hate it. I hate it. Because Dave is extremely creative, for those who know or don't know, Dave is a very creative person, and I know he can come up with a better team name. And the reason why we I know that is because he's displayed it several times throughout his many moves through GE. You know, you have the Pacho Penguins. That's fine, but the Boston Baby Belugas was a great one. Um, you could go to the Greenville. Oh, I'm trying to think what the Greenville one was. But he had he's had some good ones throughout his, you know, all his moves, and then he goes to Cincinnati, and then I threatened to find him. So he went with the Marshawn Lynch, who's a former Seahawk, his favorite team. However, it just – it's not a team name. It's just not a team name. So, like, I call him the no fines, but, like, what's a no fine? I need something good. I know he could do it. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but if he does, I hope I see the Dave I know. I know he can do better than that team name. But he does get the win against the nobodies. And Tommy, like I said about Alex, not a pushover. It was a great game uh, from Brees Hall especially. It was set in the tabloids. 
you know, the snap count's gone for, for Brees. He's full guns blazing. He's playing the Broncos. Vegas had his line at 55 and a half rushing. I smashed the over, and he not only surpassed 50, not only did he surpass 100, but he surpassed 150. I believe it was 177 rushing. Uh, and single-handedly kept him in the game. Now, it is up for discussion if Tommy Tommy's roster decision, there's some questionable decisions. I don't know how you go and make a call. I'm fine with the Kenyon Drake call. With Gibbs being hurt, if you look at his depth, he had no one. He had to pick up someone. So I respect that move to pick up someone, and it ended up being zero. I didn't, you know, I didn't look if there's any other options, but on the waiver wire. But how are we choosing Michael Gallup against San Francisco when you made trades in the draft to get Zay Jones and you're like, I want veteran players and I want guys that I know. Well, you know Zay Jones. Why didn't you start Zay Jones? I think you would have won you might have had a chance to win the game if you started Zay Jones. So that's up for league discussion. I'm not gonna go into too much further, but when I saw like Zay Jones on his bench and Michael Gallup in the starting lineup, I'm a little it's a little sketchy to me. It's a little sketchy. And I know Tommy listens to this because he commented on the pod uh to me. So I know he's gonna listen to this. And so when he gets to this point. Just know I'm I'm looking out. I'm I'm looking out because he. What's Tommy's biggest issue right now, besides you know the fact that he's Tommy Schultz, is wide receiver. He says, "Oh, I lost Mike Williams, my number one wide receiver." Well, that's the that's the problem. You had Mike Williams as your number one wide receiver, and you lost him. He's a wide receiver three at best right now. So before the ACL, so he needs. Marvin Harrison Jr. He needs him. And he's the only one here from Columbus. He's got ties. He wants Marv bad. And we got to keep an eye on this nobodies because if they if they start pulling our leg, I'm going to start pulling out some some uh, commish control. Osama Thurmladen, if you will. So, Tommy, I got my eye on you. Anyways, back to the no finds. Ugh. Great performance from them, though. Um, a solid performance. Jacoby Myers with a touchdown. Marquise Hollywood-Brown with a touchdown. Um, and you had Josh Allen having a good Josh Allen game, even though they lost to Jacksonville. The running backs were, eh. At, like, they were good. They were fine. Najee did all right. Like, it was an okay performance. And this is all without Saquon, by the way. And the fact that he had to start Hunter Henry, who's – Actually been solid, but that Patriots offense is yikes. So good performance. He goes to two and three as well and joins, like I said, the bevy of two and three teams. So he's very much in the thick of things for the playoffs. And then Tommy goes to one and four. So Tommy is clearly now at the second pick of the draft. And Ben is still winless, 0 and 5. But if you look at Ben's points, Ben's like at 1,600 points. And there's four teams above them that haven't even hit 1,600 yet. So if you want to talk about schedule luck, yikes. Uh, the Maulers have been hit hard, but, you know, better than anyone. This is the year that Ben might not be bad, you know, might not be too mad at going 0-5 and, and getting the first overall pick. So I think that leads us with one final game. Ah, shit, it is. It is. Um, let, me, let me run through in my head. 
I talked about the Stockcasters and the Cobra Kai. I talked about the brothers matchup, so the Maulers and the Hung Horses. I talked about the Nobodies and the No Finds. I talked about the Minotaurs and the Anal Beads, and I talked about the Show Pigs and the Folk. Shit. Which leads to me to my matchup. So, Logan, hell of a game. White Flag was waving early on in the matchup. That Tua, the Tyreek Hill stack, when I got the notification, it was like 69-yard touchdown to Tyreek. I, I just knew at that point it was over. And that touchdown alone was more touchdowns than any skilled player I had on my ro- starting roster last week. Like, no, no one scored a touchdown. Everyone had their worst week besides Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts was the only player that was, like, showed up for me. So now I dropped a 4-1. and one. And David Montgomery really, you know, up as uh, as Mr. Williams says, up yours to me. Um, David Montgomery really up mine and put up another great performance. You know, Olave had two catches, but one was a touchdown, and he almost caught another touchdown, but he dropped it on the way down. You have, you know, Hawkinson solid, but the depth from, like, James Cook, had negative four yards rushing and still outscored my number two running back. And, you, you know, Nico Cons, I talked about that trade last week. Love that trade. It's just a really good team, and they put up a good performance. And with Tyreek Hill and Tua and Lamar and, honestly, David Montgomery and that rushing attack, it's just a really, really good team. And I just find them to be one of the more consistent teams in our league. But it did, to go on my little rant today, obviously no one scoring a touchdown is, like, pretty pretty shitty, uh, which is why I didn't even score 100 points. Justin Jefferson goes on IR, so he joins my second-best player, Nick Chubb, on the IR. And then they're stating that Justin Jefferson may not play uh, further just because why would you? Uh, you have a contract that needs to be done this year. You have, or potentially this year, you have a team that is not winning, so there's nothing to play for. So I might lose Justin Jefferson for more than four weeks, but for the foreseeable future, at least this season. And, I mean, does anyone get excited about Zach Moss, Swift, Ramondre, and Jerome Ford as your running backs? Like, is that a championship contender? Yeah, I'm four and one, but can you win with that? I don't think you can. And then when you lose J.J., I'm starting K.J. Osborne, Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk, and then Jahan Dotson. And I thought, hey, my team was going to be so deep and so loaded that I could hide my tight end spot. Well, that's not the case. My tight end sucks. So, yeah, I'm 4-1. and one. Well, I'm a fraudulent 4-1. and one. So I'm going to sleep on it. I already have people asking me. Jake's starting rumors about me wanting to trade JJ. I don't. I don't know. I have. Uh, I have Eric doing his homework. So, if anyone's interested in Justin Jefferson, Eric Lagasse is already whipping up some trade scenarios for me. So you better beat him to the punch if you want to get in on this sweepstakes potentially. Because I, well, I'm talking about selling. I'm not talking. I wasn't really thinking JJ, but I mean, I could. You know, I have some guys that I really like that I would, wouldn't would mind, you know, downgrading a little bit and getting some better depth. 
and then upgrading some of the depth I have using the picks I have. So I wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, but yeah, I, who knows with this season? Who really knows? I don't know what's going on. I don't know if if I'm good, if I'm not, if I'm lucky. Like, what's going to go on with Zach Moss? Is is Ramondre going to be the way he is, or is he going to revert back to last year and the year before that? Is K.J. Osborne going to step up with the volume like he's done well with volume in the past? Is he viable? Is Jerome Ford viable? I don't know. I don't know. So that's my little rant. I, I'm in conflict. So if you send me a trade that maybe I can't refuse, I might take it. I might take it because at this juncture, like when I lost Chubb, I lost a lot. And when I lose JJ, I almost lose everything. So it's things to ponder about. And let's see, we're 25 minutes far away from my ex. But I will say this. Week six is going to be another set of great matchups. And I didn't even look at the, the exit signs until this point. I was just in the zone talking about our matchups. I just love talking about it. And I look forward to each Thursday and seeing how each team does, how each player does. And I really look forward to doing more segments like this on my Tuesday drives home. Uh, I really do want to do a rebuild series. I think that'd be fun. Just, you know, what would I do? How long do you think I would take to rebuild each team? I kind of evaluate the roster and then simulate a couple moves I would make, uh, whether it be trading some aging assets or do some pick swaps or, you know, players I would target in the 24 draft. Like I could do things like that. I can do week six or like next week predictions and just kind of go through how I see each matchup going and the implications of each matchup. I could do accolades. I could do all sorts of things. So if you guys have any uh, other ideas, feel free to share them. I do drive every Tuesday and Wednesday from Cincinnati back to Lebanon. So if you guys have some any or have any ideas, just let me know. But until then, you know, I think I'm done. I think I'm going to use the rest of this time and think, hey, am I buying, am I selling, am I staying pat? And we'll use this time to think about that. So until next time.